And it has started. Hi guys. Hi. It's Jessie, you don't mind me. I'm hungry. No, no, when is she? How oh, thanks, friend. Yeah, because you like it more, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so, guys, we've tried recording the podcast well, two times digitally apart. And it did not work out, so yeah. now we're together. But apart. But apart. She's sitting apart for me and, you know. We're maintaining our social distancing. I sanitized before I came into this area. Yeah. Then we're again, so let's just move on, right? Um. So, yeah. So this is season three, you know, big start, you know, big things going for next shot in this COVID time. We're trying to create more content for you guys. Cause it uh, wasn't COVID content. COVID content, so you can catch it on our individual YouTube pages with Next Journal and XOXO then ready, because she's the star of the cartel song. Um, <laughs> no, mistake. We're also making content for podcast page um, mm-hmm. that we share. And the content will be coming from me and Daniel, Martin, Jeb. So it's like a collective effort to keep the page going because we can't video to put out for you guys, right? Cool beans. So I'll be audio one. And I feel like I'm there studio. I swear. Um, but nothing wrong with that. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. It's same good vibes, same, same gems, same net, same den, even though we're apart. Yeah. So the theme for this season is digitally apart let's see how best we can do that because we're breaking that right now we've been breaking it um so yeah and we also have lives where you guys can yes. talk to us you know comment on the next chat page of course mm-hmm. because on our personal page we have our toxic live um every night to you guys 10 30 or 11 o'clock sometimes 10 sometimes anywhere between 10 and 11 you can come check us on instagram live each night talking about all of your favorite toxic topics and giving our toxic, honest stories. opinions and stories. Very there's honest. No it's a safe space. And there's no advice given out over there. We'll just be like, we're disgusting. If I'm, not, if I'm lying, definitely I'm dying. dying. All right. So today we will be speaking about um, love is not enough. Yeah. Love is not enough. So love is not enough. And was inspired by research. <laughs> so it's basically we're going to talk about love. And I think it's very fitting for this time, you know, because you know, a lot of people are quarantining with their, their partner. Mm-hmm. As well as away from your partner. And away from their partner. So it's like, what would really be sustained? What, what would keep this relationship? Because a lot of people saying that no relationship have a mashup because. Yeah, you're gonna see your partner's true colors in these times. And I don't you're gonna see them too much, too little, and it's gonna get to you. So, outside of love, what is, what do you think, like, sustains a relationship outside of love? Because even though you love somebody, you can love people and not there with them. And they're up the same way, and them happy, but only, only love each other, like, have that love for each other. But it's just not something you can't do. I was listening to a podcast one time. I can't remember. I podcast with some famous people. I just don't remember which artists now. And they were saying that a relationship doesn't require only love. You also need to really like the person. Like is really important because you have to be able to like them 
as a miserable person, like them as their happy selves. So you have to like all sides of the person. You have to be able to like the things that they're interested in, like their mind, like how they treat people. Yeah, like is a big part. So that's what I think. Love is not enough. I have to also like you. Yeah, you love somebody. You know, so you can love somebody and don't like them. Like, I have a lot of love for you, but I don't like how you... I don't like how you look at things. I don't like how you treat people. I don't like how you carry yourself. But the love that I have for you in my heart is, you know, that that love that God would want me to have for everybody, you know? <laughs> but I just don't like... Certain, like, I, I think I... I love my siblings. I don't know if I like them. I love them because they're my siblings and I'm all about loving people like how Jesus would want me to love them. And I understand that we came from the same vagina. But I don't think I would go in a lineup and pick up my siblings as my friends. You get me? Mm-hmm. I don't think that would be they like. I pretty much people are like, no, I would not. Okay, so like, but in terms of that romantic wise though, don't you have to like somebody before you eventually love them? Romantic-wise, let me explain. You see, yes, you have to like somebody before you love them, but when you get to love somebody, some most times, like, windows down. So for me, I think that you have to be able to keep up like and love for a relationship to last. Because, yes, you had to like them first, and then you got to love them, but then love started to outweigh the like. So he's like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmingly in love with this person. This is my person and I want this to work. Yeah, them and then, and then you're, yeah, they're, they're just, oh my God, me eat all the boy hours away and Bobby socks up by me, you know. And Bobby socks just so far? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. He must just the socks. He <laughs> <laughs> must just out the band, the ratted socks and you're just so annoyed. You get what I'm saying? So the bare minimum, the little things of them do, just annoy you. Me eat all the girls that eat cereal out there and he give me yeah, you get me? But I love her. But just being around her exhausts me. If you can be around your partner and don't feel completely at peace, I think something is wrong. I've never looked at it like that. Like, you have to, you know, when I, I used to think that when you love somebody, you know, you just love them and love them down and you want to empower everything. And I was just one of those people who also believe that love saves a relationship. And it doesn't. I think that love kills and love saves. I think that love is just too much. I think we put too much pressure on love. And that's why people... Actually, I think that's why enough love no work out, you know? Love can help you to really work on something that is worth working on. So it can help you to, you know, rebuild relationships that are worth rebuilding. But when I say love kill is... Love will have your water in dead flowers for 25 years saying that you really love somebody and you want something to come out of it and nothing is coming out of it, but it's it's what keeps you there. Oh my God, I love this person. How Every day you get up and water the grass. And, and, the it's, grass and it's not growing. And you're not even able to see that the grass is not growing because love, love is also blinded. blind. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are blinded by love. And a lot of people also... Let me know how to put this. Could they be like, oh, why would we were not in a relationship for 25 years, like our grandparents and our parents, and you're like, these people were suffering, then probably never even liked each other like that. Yeah, but you know, it was a different time. Like, I'm glad to stay with your partner. Yeah, I'm glad that we're in an age or you know, a time when people are open to divorce and people are open to not staying with their baby father and not getting married to somebody that you're pregnant for just for the sake of, okay, I'm married to this person. I have to marry this person because we had a child. 
I'm I'm really happy because there there really is life after other relationships. You know, it's like I want to have a life after COVID. There is a life after your long relationship. I was, people feel like them come out, they're not Yeah, I was talking to my best friend Tony yesterday, and um, one of our mutual friends came up in the conversation, and I was saying, "Yo, isn't it crazy how beep and beep left after five years, and we're so young, and it's like we're young." So to see. Or peers in relationships are ten, five and ten years. That means that most of your adult life is spent with this one person. And when I see beep get up and left that boy after so long, you know, and like they legit share families and everything. And she gone go there with the next guy, and she and the next guy are so happy, and they seem like they actually have more in common. And to me, that is so beautiful. But once upon a time, nobody would be imagining to walk away from their five years. That's true. And because, I'm happy that we reach that point. Because people used to be like, and I used to be one of those people, you know, after five years, you know, me and you can't live because you're wasting all my time. And it's like, I saw a protege tweet one time, while when relationships end, people look at it as a failure, right? There's so many things that came out of this relationship. Like, you learned so many things. You had so many great memories and such a good time with this person. So why? For, let's say there was somebody for six years. Uh, at the end of the six years, you are the pun. Well, that relationship was a bust. That never made a sense. It made a lot of sense. One second, guys. Sorry, guys. My You guys know how my friends were. I talk about my friend situations very often. That is being mad people is my friend. Okay. So, yeah, I'm glad that we reached a point where we can just walk away from things. Like, I... That's not what we're talking about. We're rich, really? We're rich, where I was saying that. And I don't my mind. That was the last thing you said. Oh, clearly. If you want to confess anything, this is not the place. Um, <laughs> I was saying that when Protégé tweets. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I was like, why after, let's say, six years and... On the left, why is it considered a failed relationship? Yeah, it never worked out, but so many things. And I try not to happen. say it's a waste of my time. I used to say it, but mm-hmm. I try not to say it anymore. It's not a waste of my time. I learned so much about myself, learned about people. I was able to develop different aspects of myself and become a more fulsome woman. Develop feelings. Like you never think you could have before. Before. And you know, you should be able to look back at your relationship and, you know, if me and Jeff don't work out, at least I have a whole YouTube to look back on. This is a college. Before, before Jeff, I would have never imagined me putting myself out there on YouTube. So that could be one of the wins from my um, relationship with, with Jeff. You get me? You must always be able to like take a step back and say, okay, I accomplished this and that. And even though it didn't work out, I still gain. Okay. So question, what if somebody's in a relationship where, you know, them just don't feel like they gain anything and then wait. What do you mean? Because you have to gain things. something. Natalia, that's what I'm trying to, that's the point I'm making. You have to have gained yeah, something. Exactly, if it's even that you know now what you don't want, that is still a game. You know, I think every relationship to know what you don't want. Yes, and I've learned a lot about what I want and I don't want. Like, I had a revelation in my shower today, like, honestly, and I love that about myself, but I'm always... Yes, I love that I'm always learning and growing, like, that is my favorite thing about myself. I could be in my shower having, like, a life-changing thought or conversation with myself. You know what life changing thoughts come from a shower? Yes. Or right before you go sleep? Yes. I love a good shower. I Great things. Yeah. Fendi facts. Yeah, so um coming back to the point that love is not enough. Um so simply just loving somebody is not enough to sustain a relationship as well as 
Just even add value to my life. So because I love you, I'm going to stay with you and you not add nothing at all, no sauce. Meaning, Jesus, peace. My father called me, Jehovah called me. Me can't live like this. Um. Okay, so question. Let's say, because like, for example, let's look at it. Let me take it from relations, like romantic relationships. What's mm-hmm. about uh, like a parent or relationship, you love a parent, but you realize someone is more than I like. Because, I mean, if you agree with everybody, something really wrong with it, so you know. Because nobody agrees with everybody, no matter how much you're close. You love them or you're close. You love them, but it's like, remember last night on Toxic, like, we were talking about their parents, that people were like, you want to love on a father? And we are like, yes! Yes, we love her. I love my daddy. And you get them, granted, they're going have little ways where they like. So how does it work? What do you learn from your parents? Because you love them, but let's say there are things about them you don't particularly like. So, yeah, and that's true. And I think that our parents are like a, a good foundational relationship, you know, and that's, that's, that's our value. If my relationship with them, you know, I'm not lying. A lot of value there. Um, so for me, my father does things that I don't like, but the things that he does that I like outweigh the things that I don't like. So I think that's how you should look at all relationships, really. Do the pros or the cons. Because remember, I said it's on Toxic Live that we can't be caught up in, oh my God, this person hurt me. My friend hurt me. My man hurt me. My parents hurt me. Everybody is going to hurt you. you. It's just the different levels of hurt and who is worth the hurt. Like, my daddy quit him job to stay home and raise me. For me, that is the greatest gift somebody could have ever given a child. I love my mommy. My mommy were close, but my mommy could never be as close as me and my father because my, that man poured his entire life into my being. How do you replace somebody for that? So even though he used to beat me, kill me, it was really just the one disciplined me. I was a child. I needed to be disciplined, honestly speaking. We're all going to have our different says on that. But if my father never disciplined me right now, me that sell egg. Or so they're um, jail. jail. Is that an egg, jail, or have their baby? So me grateful for the discipline that my father gave me. So in the moment, me did vex me. I get beaten with hunger. But looking back at it now, me I say, yo, I needed all of those things. And he's good, definitely always the bad. So in a relationship, you have to assess, is this good outweighing the bad? That's very true because, like, um, my dad, piece of shit, lots, and my dad, like, my dad is the type of person who somebody would have said, you know, them father would don't deserve daughters, like future and like a Floyd Mayweather. People just don't deserve daughters because they don't appreciate women like that. And but the thing is, and why people always be like, every time my father does something, I always want to forgive him. And I'm like, guys. And I think it's just important to forgive your father because mm-hmm. it's important to learn how to forgive you. Know, and if we can't forgive the people in our foundation, our relationships, you can't, it's, you can't, forgive, you can't else. forgive anybody else. Because if you cannot forgive the sperm and egg that created you, I don't know what is your hope then for forgiving other people. Aren't you? Yeah, but then like people are like, if you're going to be saying, you're going to say, you're going to be telling me, you're going to be I'm like, yeah. But when me and my dad had good times, then you and I always say this to people, how my dad is now and how he was and when he was doing all of the good things, it really is a, it set a standard for me, right? So even though my father is a piece of something else, when he, when he's doing good, like he's doing him good. Doing, yeah, good. Like, from him heart. I remember when I was at uni. My girl, you know your father, you have a father last yeah. name. Sometimes. So, so he's remember, already doing great, honey. Remember when I was at UA and my dad sold his car and took the bus, just so he could have paid my school fee. 
literally my father never drive until my day. those things. And it's because, you know, I tell my people them the battle, and they know, know say my father had to do you know, one JUTC every day to go to work. And he's like, yeah, you know, I had to pay school for him, never have any more money. And that was the only thing he could have done. Then, when my sister started going to um, university and everything, and both of us in university at the same time, we had two houses in sale, one of the houses him put up here school too. Because he's like, we're not living there. So, mm-hmm. we just like to sell it, whatever. And I'm like, stuff like that, like people go out of them way. My dad always broke a neck for him, daughters. Like, even if we say we want it and he doesn't see the importance of us needing it, and we say we want it, he's gonna do it, right? So, it's kind of like, so yeah, my father being with me at 21, but. So important. You want to have a little job if my father never said in the car for me to go you here. And the thing is, I'm not a perfect person. So just and like how my, my parents hurt, hurt me, me know me hurt my parents. Me not ask because I'm very spiteful and I'm a very disgusting person sometimes. But I, I am. Hold on. A lot, of people, a lot of people always talk about when their parents did to them, but never talk about them to their parents, you know? Yeah, because the thing is, it was an action that caused a reaction. I think my father, man, always a beat, beat me. Um, obviously, I did things, and obviously, he would have been disappointed in me. Like, trust me, I was going on a lonely road to nowhere. And that must disappoint you as a parent to see a child um riding the horse of failure. Like, I'm telling you, me now ask, me sure me hurt him. And him hurt me, but guess what? We love each other. We love each other and it's just being able to see all the good that we bring to each other's lives. And it's not only the love that keeps us up, but yeah. The fact that we can get along because it's we not like each other as we people. like each other as people. Because if my father was my father, I probably wouldn't talk to him. But because he's my father, I try to work on a relationship. And I put him and I was like, yo, if you want us to have a good relationship where, you know, we talk all the time, me and you know, back and forth, you literally have to, you know, start liking me, stuff like that. And then he's like, getting to know you, because you see my daddy, my daddy yeah, never thought, my daddy never assumed saying no me yet. So he said, I call my mother, I would have probably swear and say, yeah, I know my daughter. My father's like, my dad does that. My daddy's like, yo, you know that you spend like six hours with the kids? Most time that she's here, she's asleep. And when she's not here, she's at school. Like, not saying that we don't know little things about her, but you don't know her like that. And my father really get to know me and love me as the questionable character that you guys know and get for real and get to appreciate me for who I am and I just I just, I just love that for us. But that's another thing people don't apply in a relationship because people think that relationships are easy, which I find so strange. I just know those persons constantly evolving. Yeah, you work every day because you don't feel the same way for a person that you feel today in the next two years. Because if in the next two years are you still feel that way, something wrong. But I was listening to something and then they're like, after three years, that's when your honeymoon phase really done. After three Man, years with somebody. Yeah, mine is finished. And then when you start like the third year and they start going into the work and everything, it's just like, yeah, you have really want it after that. My honeymoon phase of my relationship is over. I, I mean, when I just got with Jeff, he's like, oh my God, this boy is so amazing. Look at him breathe. But now I can definitely say that it definitely requires more effort on Jeff's part if I'm going to be over here gushing and acting like I don't have no damn sense. Like, and it's the same with him. So both of us have to meet each other halfway. We have to put a lot more effort in the relationship now than before. Like real effort. And then before things are so simple, like men Jeff used to share a desk. Even the mere change of us, like changing jobs and like being away from each other, is such a 
I wouldn't really say a test for the relationship, but it's a new thing. It's different, not always seeing just That's true. But what I want to know is why people think that things come easy, especially when it comes to work for anything people. you want. Because with my friends, if I don't constantly work and let people be like, oh, you try with people here? If I really care about you, I'm going to try. So it's like, my friend then, and then you find out how your partner stay, and your friends as well, because, all right, so for example, me knows Anika don't like text, right? I will call her Aww. once every two weeks. We'll call each other, we'll talk, and we'll talk for like, at least 30 minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. then we'll hang up, and then after that, I'll be a meme. She so posts meme, you laugh, everything, you send each other, send each other funny tweets, man, Anika don't have like, text conversation because after the first two lines she stopped with that person okay and then me and Kimon now we text every day mm-hmm. right so if me and Kimon go a really long time without texting and it's weird because because me and Kimon love talk and we have that relationship me and Kimon will call each other on the phone like that's unless it's like something serious or we wait until we reach in person to talk about something serious but we're always texting giving jokes giving updates and stuff like that so it's like two different levels so I know that Kimon is a texter so me and Kimon always text and he called then we are dealing each other all the time. So we're always in, in person. I'm here okay. saying and Jeff just don't communicate. Oh, shit. That annoys the hell out of me. You see, like Jeff doesn't really text. If you see Jeff on his phone, he's either working or I'm playing PUBG. Jeff is not texting Jeff anybody does. about anything. Then the next thing with Javon is when you call. Why are you calling? You couldn't send me a text. But the thing is, Jeff is not doing any of the above, you know. He's not that person. Jeff is somebody I have to see in real life. So that's why I say, yo, when we used to sit to get at work, it used to be easier because he's a good person in person. Okay. But to be away from each other, the distance, I really feel the distance because like, like how Jeff lock up in the house now, I don't want to come outside. And I don't really get to see him. We don't really talk that much unless I'm... I call him and the thing is if I call you twice and I don't get you, I'm not calling back because you're not an essential worker. So if I call you two times and don't get you, God bless you. That's just the end of that for me. So it's kind of difficult you to try to find... You call people for sure, you know? Listen, you I'm, more than listen I'm calling you two times. Are you a fucking fireman? Maybe. Are you my doctor? Maybe. I'm not calling you three. If I call you three times... I need you. Because when I call Jeff and I don't get him the first time, I say, boy, the boy, I have one more chance, you know? Let me call him again and say, look at that. Another one bites still does. Moving on. If it's even to text me and say, hey, um, shit. Hey, shit house. You good? Or just even shit house. Even just shit house. I feel so much better. Like, I have a friend that legit, um, he checks on me in intervals throughout the day. Like, hey, are you good? Um... How, what are your plans for today? Are you getting your things done? All right, cool. Talk to you later. Because that person is not necessarily chatty chatty. Them now go in at a long texting conversation for hours. But they still try to service relationships well where they come and I say, are you don't like to service relationships. Because but you want... But you want the relationship. You want the relationship, but you don't want to service it. That doesn't make any sense. And love is not it enough. It doesn't make sense. Because, and love is not enough for you. So you can't sit down and, feel, and talk about love because sometimes you can love somebody, but they don't feel the love that you're giving them, you know. And you can't force me to really receive love or you want me to receive That's it. That's very true. Because how I show... Love, love is how I receive love. Sometimes. Most it's times. It, most times. Because the thing is, I love affirmations. I try to affirm my friends. Like, I will always be sending Netanyah. Netanyah could say something so basic to me. And I'm like, Netanyah, remember that you are powerful. You are limitless. That's how I show Netanyah that I love her by affirming her. And I'm always, you know. I think this is part of a pretty girl one. Yeah. 
And even if you're on like the toxic live, you will see even how I talk to Alec. Alec come on the live and I'm like, look at my friend. He's so handsome. Like I'm always trying to, I'm always complimenting and affirming my friends. That's how I show love and that's why I want to receive it. I want to be affirmed. I want people to spend quality time with me. That's, that's my thing. I know now we can't really do the physical touch and the quality time thing, so it's difficult. So yeah, forgot to send me some affirmations. If it's even mm-hmm. me, that makes sense because a lot of people what they don't know, and this is how love love languages are like super important because they want a friendship with somebody or a relationship. Your love language, let's say for me, let's use me. My love language number one is with affirmation. Mm-hmm. You can tell me anything, and once it's like positive and speaking like positivity and the little thing over my life and about me I feel nice right but if you come to my house and say just sit down and stare in a space with me 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 not like that you like that because <laughs> say, you don't have to know me but I know let's say for example I have a friend or a partner who is like Kimo her Kimo love is quality time you know Kimo just wants to be around her friends. I love that. Right? I love Kimo. So I would take time out. I mean, I'm going to spend all of two weeks with Kimo and then Kimo to see me again. Then I go over and spend weekends with Kimo because I'm like Kimo likes company, right? And then my uncle, she's just different. She's, I think I'm an access service type of person for sure. So you do small stuff for her and she, and like she, that and she just breaks down. But then that's how she is. She shows her, but Anika knows how to affirm her friends. So she affirms us as well. So it's like, we all speak each other's love languages, but how we, how we don't push our love language on somebody else because then that person will feel really uncomfortable because that's not necessarily that's not how, the, they, how they want to receive want to love. Receive and the thing is, again, love is not enough. You have to know people. Let me say. You can be in a relationship with somebody next time and you don't know them. You think that, okay, I like him. He likes me. We're in love now. The relationship is fine. But people evolve and they change that. The person that I was in 2017, like, remember you know, I met Jeb the month my mom died, you know. Losing a parent is something that I wouldn't wish on anybody and it's very intense. And to be able to deal with me post that, Cause post losing my mother, may I say, yo, no relationship or nothing that I have in my life be even matters. Because at the end of the day, people just die. So the type of nonchalant. The one person I'm like dead off. So really and truly, at points, maybe just nonchalant with my friends, distance with people. Then the next time it's like the pain lick me, so I'm really clingy. And it's like just a lot of back and forth emotions. Like me and Jeff would just go to the supermarket. I'll never forget, like. Our second Christmas, I think it was our second Christmas together. I went to the supermarket in Italy, and we talked good in our way. I laughed, and I came out of the car and I just started to cry and I could not breathe. And Jeff is like, What's happening to you? And I'm like, Me and my mommy love Christmas. I always do our Christmas shopping together, and I don't have my mommy to shop with. I'm here shopping with a man. The ghetto, I was crying, <laughs> like falling apart. And if Jeff never really know me and understand how like little things can trigger me, that would have been fucking weird. That's true because because you're going own. to a supermarket with somebody and them just break down. But then that's the thing is like people somebody the person you're dating has to understand grief as well. True. So and how you process grief how you process because how everybody different. process grief is very different. You see me when I just find out that somebody's dead, it's just a flat line. So if somebody say you know Master John is dead, and I really love Master and I appreciate him. Nine times out of ten, I'm not going to react. I'm just like, okay. Marshall is dead. Marshall is dead. Cool. 
No, but and then I move into a period of eternal mourning for Mass John. I'm telling you, like, with my mother, it never really get to happen that way because I was really grieving the loss of family when my mom died. Because the people who I thought were my family and I thought cared about me, I realized that they didn't care about me. And losing those ideologies of my family was what I was grieving so, for yeah, all, grieving all of 2017. I didn't get to grieve my mother in 2017. I was just going through the motions of hating my family, hating how they treat me, hating the situation, having my family tell me how is me kill my mother. Like going through all that shit was heavy. I never get to really grieve my mother. So they know when I don't get to grieve my mother and I've now started a relationship. My men, I don't get, get to grieve my mother, grieve my family, starting a relationship. My emotions are all over the place. Sometimes I'm clingy, sometimes I'm distant. Sometimes you see me, sometimes you don't. Then 2018, you know, when things start to like breeze off my family, it's like I really realized my mother dead. And it's like, you have to, you have to, he didn't have to, but he chose to try to help me to put the pieces together. Because I remember I'm a broken person just going about life, you know, because I'm not grieving how I'm supposed to grieve. And it's affecting all of my relationships. May I get vexed with my father? May I say, I know my mother did left me, left me with your father. No, I never did see my father. And yeah, he was, he, my mother, and he was really trying to just be nice to me. And I couldn't receive that. So it's like you have to know the person, know all of the baggage them come with and be prepared to accept it and understand that just merely saying, I love you is not going to lie. It's not going to keep any relationship together. That is definitely not going to keep it together. Because at the end of the day, a night, a night, but if you are going to be with somebody or afraid of somebody, you have to be like committed to the cause. Like you just have to be there because you know say. Things are never easy. Life can just happen and just knock everything out of the park. And it's just kind of like, well, shit, we never see this at home. So it's like, we could have there now. And let's say, for example, me have one dog and my dog dead. Me and then a friend. Then you have a deep prepare say my dog that are dead. So when them time they come on me, just sit down and then it's like, listen, I make a record podcast. No, record the podcast. I usually hear dog in the background. And now the place is silent. Like stuff like that. You have to be. Can't, you have to know how to and your friends and people that you're with. Oh my God. And you see, especially when it comes down to the friend thing, like people always say, oh, they feel like I don't value friendships. And I guess it's because I, I gained that from my mother. Because you see, because my mother is always like, listen, my mother always says she's not a friend. She have a man and like three kids. So she'll do it friend if she have all these people already. So my mother don't trust people. So I kind of learn to not trust people. Like my father very trusting. My father trusts anybody we meet off of the street. Straight. Same time. <laughs> same time. That's but true. my mother, I get that from her where I don't really trust people. And I, I watch you a lot. How you deal with me when I'm here. How you deal with me when I'm not here. And how you deal with other people. So I'm always scrutinizing my friends. And if it is that the test results are in and I realize that you're not the person for me, I will just distance myself from you. So then sometimes that comes at a late time, you know, where me and you will be friends for years and then I stop talking to you. So then people are like, how can you stop talking to somebody for, that you know, for years? And it's like, for me, it's always a bigger picture. I've nothing to do with it. But though. people always pre me for that because they say, yo, me and people will be friends for years and I stop talking to them. But if it is that you're not good for me, I will just really stop talking to you. That's how I stay. No. What I was really making a point about was my best friend, Tony. I always say like, if a friend, if you want to be a friend to me, 
you have to take a page from Tony book. And if you can't borrow Tony book, chances are me, your relationship not going to go far. You see me, I'm a very ignorant person and Tony understands that. Tony never tries to, she knows that if she tries to force something on me, I'm not going to do it. She knows that if she comes to me with any tool, it's not going to work. She knows how to deal with me. Tony will go around me a hundred times just to get what she wants and she just know how to do it. She just know how to deal with me. And the thing is, the three of us are very different because Christina is hyper-emotional. Yeah, Christina vexed about for two seconds and two seconds later, she ball. Christina is falling apart at the fucking seams. That's how she stays. Tony's a very hard person very hard very coarse so she you know she processes emotions differently she can be sad about something and don't look sad and she will just say one time i'm sad and that is it she don't want it to bring it up and you just have to let it go and she's somebody where you can't question you understand so she and she can navigate between me and christina relationships seamlessly without offending either of us and that's why i say you have to know me to be my friend. Like, sometimes people do some things I'm going to say, Jano, I really truly just don't know who you're dealing with. But then that makes a lot of sense. You have to know people because then you would have said, me and Denny would be like, she'd be like, you're say, do some things for her. Maybe she's like, at the end of the day, that's literally your character trait. So she never tries to say, this you have to change this thing or her feelings. But it's like, She'll say, Listen, now, I don't like this, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, then you know, I never notice. She'll say, yeah, no, you don't notice. Because, because it's just that's how you are. So and the then thing is, I always try to catch myself before I try, before I do it again. Because mind, you know, even though it, whatever you did hurt me, you know, it doesn't mean that I want you to stop being you. It's just that I want you to be cognizant that, hey, I'm a soft person. And I never try to tell people that I'm tough, you know, I'm very soft, you know, and I'm a bitch will cry. Yes, it take longer she to cry than Christina, but I'm still going to cry. Period. So me, I always tell my friend, them say, yo, I don't like this. And if you do this, I'm not going to like it. If Netanyahu does something that offend me, I'm going to tell her because guess what? I don't want to stop next week. Because if next week, my girls will get really vexed and not go hear um, Netanyahu come on the podcast and say, oh, you know, Denny and I had creative differences. Straight. <laughs> That's always the excuse, you know. And that's what we come with. Um, creative differences. And they just did it there. But like... In, as a partner though, I feel like you have to be a partner's friend. Cause and then you know, the first thing yeah, I love you have to start with like. You have to start with the like. like right? So you We are doing for the likes this one time. The, yeah, this time I do for the likes, not for the love. Because you can be with somebody and then when you sit down, you're like, yo, we never have no in common. Like when you left, you look and say, yo, how many with a person here? We don't have anything in common. So like even I was talking to my ex the other day, right? And if you see me, my ex, then you, you know how we are. We're two yeah. different people. And somebody, he was saying like, yo, how did we like talk for years? And I'm like, because we we were friends before like this. And you and understand anything. each other. I understood how he say, he understands saying Netanya is the total opposite of me. So because we were opposites, it was easier for us to understand each other. And it's like, we did just make sense. But no, that we're trying to be actual friends, we can't be friends. It's hard. Which is like, weird. Yo, you know, so you can't go back. I was talking to my friend yesterday and like, we have back and forth about something and, and this is somebody that I don't usually back and forth with. I've known this person for about seven years and we never back and forth. And yesterday we were back and forth and I say, you know, say, but just they are cussing myself because we're so much alike that we've never had a disagreement before. And then I realized that I really just wanted somebody to differ from me this one time, but he wouldn't stop being me. 
So that's why we were back in 14 and I'm like, this conversation has it's no point. It's not going anywhere. We're not going to conversation there. Lots of conversations really don't go anywhere. We're all going nowhere. So it's like, you see when people oh come, and this is like a thing for me, like when people come and they're like, oh my God, I want to be a friend. I hate that shit. No. And like somebody was saying the other day, remember they said something about how I'm cool and unfriendly. And whatever, and it's yes. kind of like that is not true because the if people come from to the me hell. and say, "Oh my God, Ned, I'm gonna be like, shut up, mom, make them go away." I'm the eighth to stop with Ned, and I'm just wishing they would have done me up. That's true. Most them would have done me because I really prefer it. I hate them to stop with Ned, and Ned is just a sweet person. I bet you don't come cuss me, come in a sweet ass. Don't stop with Ned, is such a nice girl. You know, this is about nobody. I'm going to cook up my foot up on my yard. I don't remember my soul. You can't come. You can't come beat me. That's number one. But yeah, so like, I don't like when people come and say, I want to be a friend because, yeah, you see me on the internet. You see me laughing up to everybody. And where it really come from, you know? It's like... Yeah, where is it coming from? It don't come from a real place, you know? Why may I beat up my breast? But the foot is how you see me on the internet is not the real me. Is is internet me it's, as well? It's internet me and it's pieces of my personality. Yeah, it's still pieces of us, but it's that's not me in entirety. So it's like if you want toxic, Daniel. Yes, I have toxic traits, but I hope you guys don't think I'm at home to, being toxic all the time. You know. So it's like there's so many different parts to me. Why you see me online and say decide? Well, I, want be I want to be a friend. So it's kind of weird because it's like weird. it's where it coming from. Is like is it that you want? The clout, or is it that you like the Denny that you see on the podcast? Then guess what you're gonna do? You're just gonna when we start being toxic ways. When we start being frightened because you're gonna you say I don't want to do because I am very miserable. No, I'm very miserable. Because sometimes Denny come out of care. I'm wanting to wear a jar and go work, and she just sits there. She don't want nobody to talk to her. Pray for me. I saw Mister Mayor. Pray for my father. The only time she starts talking is when we talk. I'm with you one joke. I'm almost one laugh. If if we both one laugh, then we say alright, cool. I talk to the person. We talk to them. Yeah. Other than that, don't. Because don't, or don't, sometimes she'll come and we don't care reach tall, then you're not talk, you know, reach tall. I don't know. No say. <laughs> Yo. I should have put a bird when she put a bird finger. That's it. You know it is that um, is it. So then it's like when people see me on the internet, they know because for instance, I have like a hundred thousand mood swings in a day. Then you couldn't text me now. And I then my mood changes in the text, and she's like, I, "Friend, are you okay?" I hate Nintendo because if miserable me, I have to say, "Are you okay?" Something is wrong. Yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, "Listen, you're on Twitter, you know." Oh, and, and next friend, when like, you offer to with me, a Brian, and I think it's different because Brian doesn't know how to humble me. So I be here like, <laughs> "No," I be here like, "Vex, like, yo, fuck the world, I don't want to talk to nobody." So Brian is like, "So who the fuck you think you're talking to? Just cut that fuck and just get it under control, okay? I'm gonna call you back, okay?" And it's just and then after you hang up, I'm just like, know. <laughs> and then by the time you call me back, I'm like, hey friend, he's like, that's the spirit. Don't play around. The other day, Brian texts me, wake up, and legit in a nanosecond, him called me. The wake up text barely mar- marinate on my phone. Then Brian video calls me. I'm like, what you want? What you want? Cut that fuck. We don't have nothing to do with Jamaica. Where you go? You have work ago? Yo, that. That's I'm like, shit. And that's that. You just have to know how to deal with me. We have you just to have to know how to deal with people in your life. We just have to have a certain. We have to have the thing. Whatever the thing is, we have to have it. Next time you have curfew time, you know? Yeah. I was going to have a record on you. Yeah, I'm going to go in. Yeah, oh, in Cali Cabin? Yeah, I'm going to go in because you know, when they listen to this podcast and I feel them comfortable, I'm going to go in. 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 I
You know, the fact about in handcuffs, everything. Oh, well, I got married and covered brand is like, you know, you're blatantly trying to get this disease. And if I send a baby barrel for you, you know you're not getting no medication barrel. That was what he was saying. You're not sending a baby barrel? Yeah, because he said, if I'm a breeder Jamaica, I'm a salt. I'm not sending nothing. So, if you're a friend? I don't know why I'm doing um, a file for me. I don't know if stuff living to get up, but that is for another day. Anyway, guys, so first episode, this is just a conversation between me and Demi, you know. That's pretty Like, fun. because we're looking at each other and talking and then doing what we usually do, owning a phone, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> I feel, I feel good that we can actually record the podcast, even though we're not in the studio or anything, but that the fact that we come together and do it. Or then it's trying a good to feeling. Apart. It's a really good feeling. So, you know, miss my friend. Next week again. Back again. Because you're not in yard. Um, <laughs> sure, more okay. facts. But yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. Um, season three coming in. Well, this we is hope start. to come in with, you know, a bigger bang, but COVID, because we wanted to have a lot of guests and stuff. Like, it was a lot of changes and we were so excited, excited but we're everything. still not going to inform what the we changes are. are they're still going to come. Yeah. So you know, follow us on all social media, Next Chat Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, additional content is gonna be there. Subscribe to my YouTube channel with Next Geno and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Next Geno. Then follow me at Danielle underscore on any platform that there is. Um, I think that's even my name on TikTok. But I don't really TikTok. I just go over there go fast. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, XOXO Daniel Renee. Um, yeah, subscribe to my CoppleTube. Um, Life with Jeb and Dan. I'm Dan and he's Jeb. Read your blog? Yeah, read my blog. Thanks, Nets. Check out my blog. Um, YourTravelingPen.wordpress.com I'm changing my website. I'm rebranding, so... That's why it's a WordPress site still, but new things are coming. Now I rush myself going inside. Inside. So whenever I'm gonna drop the new website and I still got up my feet, right? That's a fendi fat. Period. So alright guys, bye. bye.